You know what, you got to love it when God redefines things. When the Holy Spirit begins redefining some things for us, it's, it's key. It's some, we got to pay attention. You know what I mean? That means we've been believing some wrong stuff for a long time. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit's role right now here on this earth, Jesus told us, His role is to lead us and to guide us into all truth. Right? His role is to lead us and to guide us into all truth. Let me tell you, a lot of times people see the Holy Spirit and it's like, you know, oh, the Holy Spirit, He makes me feel so good. Like, you know, when they, when they feel good worshiping or whatever, like we limit the Holy Spirit to, to an experience. But I have a question for a person who is like, oh, Holy Spirit, I feel Holy Spirit. But then there's no form of truth in their life and they're not being led to walking in the ways of God. That's, that's questionable, isn't it? The Holy Spirit wants to guide us into all truth. And He's been teaching us about humility. He's been redefining some things. And I love His definitions. Because they set me free. Don't they set you free? Yeah. So what do we learn? Humility is what? Someone shout out. What is humility? The expression of greatness. That's what humility is. Humility is an expression. Not an expression. It's the expression of greatness. It's how... Someone who has greatness, it's how they show off their greatness. Humility is how you show off your greatness. Are you with me? In God's kingdom, and in God's reality, in His nature, it's just how He expresses it. God calls us to be great before He calls us to be humble. He calls us to be great and He makes us great because greatness is the prerequisite for humility. So what God does is He's like, alright, I'm not going to ask you to express something you don't have. So let me fix you up first. Let me, let me pull you into the state that I am in. How? By giving birth to us again. Right? That's how we became great. By being born Again, of the Holy Spirit. You can't be born of God and not be great. Right? It's like greatness gave birth to you. And, 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 and greatness begets greatness. Amen? And now, as we saw first, first the first series, the, the first uh, teaching in the series, what we saw was how Jesus told us, Hey, hey I am humble in heart. Learn from me. Let me show you. Right? Let me show you how to express your greatness. And we've been following Jesus and seeing how He expresses greatness and what He's done and learning how to apply that in our lives. But God calls us to be great before He calls us to be humble because humility is the expression of greatness. Humility is the song of greatness. It's the anthem of greatness. Amen? It's what greatness sounds like. I don't know about you, that's really transformed how I think. And how I see, it's like, wow. If somebody is great, then they have to be humble. Amen? If a person claims to be great, but they have no form of humility in their life that's visible, I, I, I would question their greatness. Right? Like, it's, it's just how it is. It's how, it's how God acts. And that's the, the, number, the, the number one thing for me. I've learned in my life that anything that God asks of me, 
before he ever asks, asked, asked it of me, he's been doing it. From eternity and into eternity, there are things that God does. And every single thing that he asks of us that we tend to look at as like these rules and regulations, they're not really rules and regulations when you realize that God himself does these things. And he's just saying, act like me. Express your greatness like me. Amen? So he makes this simple. So, you know, we tend to have this religious, I don't want to use the word religious because, you know, the word religion is not a bad word. And so in Christian circles, we've, we've begun to, to say things like, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. Right? No, it is about religion. Like, it's just religion got such a bad rep that we want to get away from that word. Oh, it's so religious. No, religion is a good thing. I think it's the book of James that says, this is what good religion is and taking care of the widows and all that. It lists it for us. So, but, but what God wants to do is He wants to make it simple for us because it's not supposed to be complicated. You know, yesterday, a friend of mine just randomly texted me and he was like, I love you, bro. And I was like, oh, thank you, man. It was just like, it was like a need, needed encouragement. I was like, thanks for the love, man. And he, and he continued, he wrote, he's like, hey, man, I just, I just want to tell you, I just love how you, how you beautifully uh, just preach the love of God. It's, you just make it so beautiful. Right? And when he said that, I just, in my heart, like, just in my spirit, I just had this realization. I was like, it's not even me. I, I, so I replied back and I was like, I was like, I don't even try that hard. I don't try that hard to make it beautiful. It's already a beautiful story. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I, I'm just telling you what happened, what Jesus has done, and what the Holy Spirit has been teaching me, right? So it's like, I'm just like a messenger. We're all messengers. If you have to butter it up and try to make it look good and sugarcoat it, then maybe the message in, in, in and of itself is not that good. But if, when we preach the true gospel, that word gospel means too good to be true news. So it's going to sound so good. Amen? And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He simplifies it. The things of God are supposed to be so simple that children get them. So, so when it comes to humility, God is like, oh no, humility is not... It should be a thing that's actually so attractive to every single person. But humility to us, it's like we hear the word, it's like, oh, I don't want to be humble. Like it's just, it feels like something you have to strive to do. But when we realize what God defines humility to be, we run towards it. Amen? So today, we're going to be talking about leadership and how that relates to humility. Leadership. You, everybody, everybody in this room is a leader. You know, you know that, right? Say, I'm a leader. You're all leaders. We're all, even if you're not walking in, 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 in like a leadership capacity right now, even if you don't see it in your life, you're destined to be a leader. Amen? Because we have a job on this earth, right? Huh? It's, not just, it's not just like about us and what we do. God wants us to know who we are. And he's like, all right, do you know who you are? Are you sure? Are you enjoying yourself? Do you understand the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy? Okay, now go, and you're my ambassador. Now you're going to lead others. So wherever you are, even in your classroom, in your workplace, wherever, we are leaders that show others the way into, into greatness. Amen? So we're going to be talking about humility and leadership. Let's go to Matthew chapter 20.
verse 26. I'll actually start from, from verse 20. You guys there? Yes, yeah, I gave you quite a bit of time, actually. It's Matthew, chapter 20, and then go to verse 20. Then the, mo- then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, kneeling down and asking something of him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one at your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that, I'm, that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. Then he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. It's a nice way to, to, to uh, offend <laughs> the people around you, right? Um, saying like, hey, Jesus just put me in a place of high status. Forget about these people. Um, but Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. This is the part we're going to look at. Jesus calls the two brothers and he says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Or in other words, they, you know, they, to, to lord something over somebody means to, 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 to kind of just you know, to put yourself at a place of high stature and just say, I'm, I'm your leader. And kind of just use your position of authority to make others do things for you or serve you, right? So they lorded over them. And those who are great, and he's talking contextually, those who are great in, in, in the world, right? Among the Gentiles. Not in the kingdom of God, but outside the kingdom of God. Those who are considered great exercise authority over them. Yet, it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be what? Your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. How? By giving his life as a ransom for many. This goes hand in hand to, to what, G, what we saw in the first uh, teaching in the series and Matthew eleven twenty nine, Jesus says I am he says learn from me for I am meek and humble in heart he's telling us let me teach you what humility is all about and what it looks like and the context of that scripture was salvation because Jesus is saying in, in verse 28 come to me all who, who are weary and heavy laden I'll give you rest he's talking about salvation and he says once you become saved what happens you become great and he says learn from me how to be humble or, or how to express your greatness that's what we saw and then the second teaching we, 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 we saw what humility does and that was how humility lifts others into a place of greatness that's the number one thing that humility does that's why it requires us to be great because you have to be at a you have to be okay in order to help others be okay. <laughs> Are you with me? You have to be out of the ditch to help others get out of the ditch. 
And so that's what humility, humility does. It serves others. So now Jesus here is telling us and teaching us what leadership looks like. And he tells them, because these guys came and they made you know, kind of like a funny demand, right? Like, they're like, we just want to be the greatest in the kingdom. I just want to sit next to Jesus. We're, we're, no, we're just, we're it. They had this wrong mentality. Them and their mom. They had it wrong, right? So Jesus is like, come over here, guys. Let me, let me teach you a little something about leadership and what leadership is all about. Are you guys following? Let me show you what leadership is all about. And he tells them, look, look, outside the kingdom of God, in the world, those who are leaders and those who are at the top, those who are considered great, what do they do? They exercise authority over the people that they're leading. Right? I just imagine a whip. <laughs> they're just ruling over. They're bossing them around. They're, they're being served. That's what they're doing. They're great. This is how they're expressing their greatness. How? By being served by others. But he says, but it shall not be so among you. What is Jesus doing? He is redefining people's understanding, our understanding of what greatness is and what leadership looks like. Right? He says, it shall not be so among you. Like You guys are asking me such a funny question here. And I'm sure he's doing it lovingly. He's like, let's correct this. It shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him what? Let him serve. Let him be the servant. And let him, in fact, be a slave. Like, he's, Jesus is using serious metaphors here. He's not literally saying, become a slave. I'm not your slave, okay? But what he's saying is what? He's saying, let him be like a slave. To, to that end of serving others and putting others before you. Like, that's what leadership is about. That's what Jesus is telling us. And then he says, just as me. Just like I did not come to be served. I am your leader. That's what he's saying, right? Is Jesus your leader? Let me see your hand. Right? Is Jesus great? How did he express his greatness? By serving. And his service, as we saw a few weeks ago, his service was actually something that, that required Jesus to lose his greatness. Did you know that? Right? When God asks us to be humble, he, he doesn't ask us to lose our greatness. All we have to do is express our greatness. But for Jesus, in order, in order for him to serve us, it meant that he, has, he had to lose his greatness. Why? Because Jesus had to become sin. You can't be sin and great at the same time. He, he wasn't a God's son anymore. He became sin. In Hebrews 2, the writer of Hebrews tells us that Jesus became lower than the angels. Right? When he became sin. At that point, Jesus was literally, he humbled himself down to the point of losing his greatness. I mean, that's deep love. He was a sacrifice. He lost his greatness to make us great. But now, when God asks us to serve others, he's not saying even lose your greatness. He's saying just express your greatness. Amen? Because Jesus did the heavy lifting. He did the work to bring other people into greatness. We're just the messengers communicating that beautiful news. I'm just... Telling you a beautiful story. Amen? And I want to tell you this. In the kingdom of God. This is something else that God is redefining for us here. In the kingdom of God. Servants are not people of low status. Yeah. 
This may be true in the world. Let me tell you, there's a lot of things that we have such a twisted understanding of because we, we were born in a fallen world, we've been living in a fallen world. We've talked about this before, but the concept of an inheritance. God tells us, the Bible teaches us that we have an inheritance, right? But when we think about inheritance in this world, how does inheritance work? Well, for a person to get their inheritance, what has to happen? Their parent has to die. The person who has that in store for you is like, son, daughter, I'm wealthy. I have something for you. It's, it's there. It's in my will. Why? Because I have to die. When I die is when you get it. But death is not part of God's plan. It's not part of the kingdom. So when we think about inheritance in the kingdom of God, it's totally different. God is not going to die. Right? So my inheritance, I already have it. There are things I already have. Are you, are you with me? It's an eternal inheritance that we've already tapped into. There are things that we will get, like like the, the, the resurrection of our bodies, our bodies being made new. There's so many different things, right? But the, the core of it you already have because you became a son, you became a daughter of God. See that kind of redefinitions that the Holy Spirit is showing us. So here, when you think about servanthood, what is a servant in this earth, in this fallen world? Well, a servant is somebody who can't do better in life, so they get, you know, the work of a servant, <laughs> Right? Nobody wants to be a servant, right? Like you, everybody wants to be served. That's because that's the place of greatness. That's the place of high stature in the world. But in the kingdom of God, are you with me? In the kingdom of God, being a, a servant is actually the most sought after thing. God is just flipping everything, right? Like, I want to be a servant. That's the, that's the greatest thing you can achieve in the kingdom of God. It's being a servant. Are you with me, guys? Being a servant. Who is the greatest servant? Jesus. Even God himself, just consider this. God, the king of the universe, did you know that he was the first one to serve? I'm not talking about the cross. I'm not talking about Jesus coming to save us. When God set out and said, let us make man in our image and our likeness, when he said, in the, you know, let there be light, he, he was creating things. What was, he was serving you and I. Because he brought you into existence. God worked. Are you with me? God actually, what king works? Kings just sit, right? This command of the Lord it over them. God worked. Are you with me? To make us, to create us. God asks us to be servants because He Himself is the servant. Amen? It's in His nature. Servanthood is the ultimate greatness in the kingdom of God. And who is great? God is great. He is literally the embodiment of greatness. Amen? And humility is how greatness is expressed. And servanthood is literally the, 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 
like you know when you take humility and you kind of you kind of unbox it and look into it into its definition further, you're going to find servanthood in there. And this is the definition of servanthood: it's lifting others into their greatness. It's helping others walk in their greatness. Right now, when God asks us to be servants, what does a servant do? Like, we could do so many different tasks in the kingdom of God, right? So many, so many different things, but if we took the different little things that we all did collectively and summed it up, this would be what we, you know, the summary of what we're all doing. It's when you're serving a person, you know what you're doing? You're lifting them into their greatness. You're showing them who they really are and causing them to walk in the greatness that is inside of them. The greatness that Jesus did the heavy lifting for them to come into. But people need assistance. Are you with me? We need assistance. And the Holy Spirit is using us as who? The Bible says we're co-laborers with, with Him to lift people into greatness. So the Holy Spirit is here working the Holy Spirit is here serving are you with me do you see that in the kingdom of God the Holy Spirit is not just chilling put has it you know speed up and be like hey what's up guys just come on more a little more that's not what he's serving he's literally talking to some multitudes of people most of whom including believers are just ignoring him he's just hey guys can I can I talk to you can I just do this in your, can I show you something no let me see. He wants to just you know explain the gospel. People are just not listening. Even the Holy Spirit is working. You think you're the one being rejected by people when you try to tell them about God? The Holy Spirit is being rejected, and He's been trying to speak to them. He's serving. He's laboring, and we're His what co-laborers? Amen. The Holy Spirit is the great. So that's why servanthood is the. It's it's literally the highest work you can do in the kingdom of God. If we want to serve, this is the prerequisite. We have to be great, one, right? Because greatness, humility, and the servanthood. That's how you see it, right? But being great is not enough. We have to know that we are great, and that we have to be walking in that greatness. This all takes renewing our minds, knowing who we are. This is what humility is. Humility traditionally is what? Oh, I, I'm just, I'm so weak, I'm... Oh, I'm, everybody's, oh yeah, brother, everybody's better than me. I'm just, I'm just lucky to be here. Just Jesus saved me. Huh? A lot of Christians got bad posture and they got like a hum in their back because they're just bowing down, right? That's not what humility is. It has nothing to do with that. Amen? If we want to serve, we got to know our greatness. That's when we will be able to effectively lift others into their greatness. You got to know your greatness. How are you going to help others into their greatness if you don't know your greatness? You can't serve effectively unless you're convinced of your greatness. I'm so serious. Because the whole point of servanthood is what? To lift somebody into their greatness. But if I'm not aware of my greatness, I'm just like, oh yeah, you're awesome, you're great. We're just trying to lift people up, but you, you, just, you have such a bad view of yourself, you're just tired all the time. How are you going to do it? If you know who you are, then you can easily lift other people into, into, their, into their greatness. And you will never feel insecure while you lift them up either, because you know that you are great. God has made you great. Amen. Somebody texted you.
So what's the definition of servanthood? It's lifting, lifting others into their greatness. Amen? Now, as we serve, as we're serving people, or as we're working to lift them into their greatness, as we're serving, as we're co-laboring with God, with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus came, He did His work, right? He labored. And He said, I'm done now. When I leave, because my job is complete, the Holy Spirit is going to come. He's going to do work on the earth. And you're going to work with Him. Literally, that's, 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 that's where we are right now. in the state of the kingdom of God. But now as we serve, guys, people are, and they should be, attracted to our strengths. Not our weaknesses. And I, was, I was touching on this a little bit last week. How God wants us to focus on our strengths, not, our, not the weaknesses of our flesh. Let me tell you, a lot of leaders in the church mean well. But, but, but I see this a lot and it breaks my heart because we talk too much about the weakness of their flesh. It's like an attempt to be humble. And it's like, you know, I just hear people preaching and stuff. And they, they'll say like, you know, you know, like God is, you know, just, we're all just broke. We're all just, I'm just a weak person. I'm just, I got this. And then, like, thank God. And just, you know, this, this kind of exp- expression. Guys, we're supposed to be, we're, no, we're, we are. Ambassadors of the most powerful kingdom. God doesn't just appoint unqualified people into his <laughs> embassy. Right? No country. Like if you're an ambassador of a country, it's like a big, you're a dignitary. That's a huge deal. Like you, you got to be educated. You got to have the experience. You got to have the skill set. That's when you're, somebody's going to make you an ambassador. You just, you, just like, you just roll out of bed and like, oh, you're an ambassador of uh, this nation. It <laughs> doesn't happen, right? God calls us his ambassadors. God, let me tell you, God doesn't have a bunch of weak people as his ambassadors. He doesn't have a bunch of unqualified people and just call them as ambassadors. What God first does is he qualifies us in Christ Jesus and he makes us great. So as, if we're going to be leaders... It's one thing to be honest and say like, yeah, I have struggles. I, I, you know, I'm not walking perfectly. But I want to hear that word yet. Because a lot of people conclude that I'm not walking perfect, we're not walking perfectly. We can't, we're just, we're just humans. We're just people, you know. And, and uh, thank God. You know, you come, you know, I'm weak, I'm just like you. We're just going to try. Like, so the church is a collection of broken people and everybody's broken. Ultimately, basically, that's what it is. And, and we're like, you know, we, we're going to get better and grow. But, you know, while we're on this, we're never going to make it. When we get to heaven is when we're going to make it. No, no, I've got to be honest with you. This, this is heartbreaking stuff. What kind of, what, this doesn't produce sons and daughters of God that are confident of who they've become in Christ. What this produces is a weak church that is full of insecurity. So we're just telling the church, like, you guys, just, yeah, guys, it's really bad. The world is bad. Just come in here. It's, it's a little bit better. One day we're all going to, it's heading towards heaven. That's what we're telling them. But, it's, but that's not the call. The call is Jesus completely transformed me. And what he did on this earth and how he walked is how I'm going to walk. And people are afraid to say that. Are you with me? That's the call. That's the aim and that's what we're going to walk into. Amen? Don't, you can't 
express greatness by focusing on the weakness of your flesh. You look at your, you got your God, you got to look at your flesh and say, oh, I see you. You know what? You're, you haven't yet been redeemed anyway. But I'm going to train you to follow me. I have been redeemed. <laughs> that weakness, it's not me. That sin, not me. Because God looks at me and he's like, I see my righteousness. You are the righteousness of God. That's what we saw last week. Paul had the weakness, that weakness, the thorn in the flesh. And what's amazing is Paul says, that thorn in the flesh was given him, given to him, why? So that he, would, so that he wouldn't be exalted above measure by the amount of revelations that he had received. Let me tell you, God's will for you is to be lifted above measure by these revelations. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Who gave the revelations? Did Paul just get to them by his flesh? God was like, oh, Paul, you're getting too close to too much revelation. I got, no. The Holy Spirit gave him the revelations. And God wants us to be literally be lifted out of seeing things in this realm and, and be exalted above measure to where we really are. Amen? That's when the enemy stepped up and began to attack Paul. Thorn in the flesh. Why? All the enemy can attack is your flesh, not you. And he, and he says, you know, a messenger of Satan was given me. So the messenger was a demon, and the sender was Satan, not God. Amen. But in all of that, Paul asks God, asks God, please take it away from me. God is like, no, I'm not interested in doing that. And I love God for, for saying that to Paul. Let me tell you, we expect God way too much to come and clean everything up for us all the time. God, oh God, I'm just... Then that's what everybody's like, we're just... We, oh God, if you don't come and save me, what's going to happen? God, God is like, you're a son, you're an ambassador, you have it. You have the power. So he says, my grace is sufficient for you. He's saying, what my grace has accomplished in you, Paul, what Jesus has done to you, the fact that I've lifted you into greatness, is that's all you need to defeat this thorn in the flesh. And Paul says, man, that's so awesome. I got it. He says, I rejoice now when things are happening to me because I know what Jesus has done inside of me. I walk, I walk above it. Amen? And he says, therefore, whenever I feel weak, whenever I am weak, and that's in his flesh, yes, I am strong. What a contradicting statement. He says, when I'm weak, I am strong. Is, is Paul crazy? No, no, he's talking about the, I, when I, whenever I am weak. He's talking about in the flesh. I am strong, though. That means that's how he defeated it. So, as leaders, we think we're expressing humility and making people feel like, you know, I'm just like you. And that person is like, what? Like, who's going to help me then? Well, God, the model of leadership is, I'm strong. I see what God has done inside of me. Let me help, let me lift you into that greatness. Amen? It's not humility to say, oh, this is who I am. No, no, you got to express the greatness and help that person. It's a different story if somebody's like, oh, yeah, this is who I am, you know, I'm, I'm so good. Now, that's not humility. But humility truly is saying, you know that you're great and you really want to help that person, so you take your time and you spend your time and you help people answer their questions. You pray with them. You offer your resources to help people. Amen? Now, so we don't walk 
in humility by talking about our weaknesses. We walk in humility when we focus on our God-like strength. This makes us effective leaders that pulls others into their God-given greatness. Amen? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 1. I'm sorry, give me a moment. First Corinthians eleven one. Paul says, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Imitate me just I just also as I imitate Christ. One translation says, you are to imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Or follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. Note that there is no weakness in that chain of leadership. Right? There is no weakness in that chain of leadership. Because we know that there, there is no weakness, that there was no weakness in, in Jesus Christ. And by the way, that word Christ is an indicator of Jesus' humanity. Because Jesus, as the Christ, was man, not, 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 not God. He, you know, Jesus had to become man in order to be the Christ. Because that's, that's the only way he could be the sacrifice for our sins as man, not as God. So Jesus, walking on the earth as a man, as the Son of God, as the blueprint of who you and I are to become, walked a perfect life. He walked a great life. He expressed his greatness by how? By serving others. Remember Matthew 20, what did Jesus say? Whoever desires to be great among you, He's saying, that sought after position in the kingdom of God is servanthood. The people in the world, people outside the kingdom are, are, are lording their authority over people. They're being served. and He's like, that's, that's, that's actually the flip of what it looks like in the kingdom, right? Serve, he must serve. He must be your slave. You know how, just, just look at me, just, just like I, the greatest, right? I who am walking in my greatness, just as I came to serve, not to be served. And he tells us how he served, by giving my life as a ransom for many. Right? Like, so, Jesus wasn't weak. He didn't fail. He, had a, he walked a perfect life as man. Not, not as God. He walked a perfect life on the earth as man. 
Now, I love, I love what Paul says here. I love that Paul says here because Paul is saying something so bold that, meant that some people would be afraid to say today. Paul says, you are to imitate me. I'm your leader. You should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. What Paul is saying here is literally, imitate me as I am perfect, as I am strong, like Jesus is. Because Paul's looking at Jesus and how he walks, and he's like, all right. Jesus is lifting Paul into his greatness, and he's like, that's what I'm doing. And everybody that's looking at him, he's like, guys, look at me. This is what sonship looks like. This is what being a child of God looks like. Paul, don't ever degrade yourself in an effort to, to appear humble. Don't ever degrade yourself in an effort to give God glory. God hates that. That breaks his heart. God is like, what are you doing? Like, I've worked so hard. Jesus labored so, so much for you to become my perfect child. Amen? So there's no weakness in that chain of leadership. In the same way, there should be no weakness in us. Amen? Because we're looking at Jesus and I'm saying, that's my life. That's what I'm going to walk like. Let me tell you, the church is where the imperfect come to become perfect. Have you heard the saying, the church is not for perfect people? Hmm? You guys there? The church is not for perfect people, it's for imperfect people. There's truth in that statement, but, if, but it needs to be altered. I don't think that sentence is done, or that statement is done. The church is, is not for perfect people, that's, that's true. It's for imperfect people. And, and what? <laughs> we can't end there because that's a dangerous statement to make because we have a perfect father. We have a perfect kingdom. So the church is a place where imperfect people come and learn how to be perfect. It's a place where the kingdom of God, the church is a place, I'm talking about like this, I'm talking about the church, the body of Christ, right? The kingdom of God is a place where weak people come and what? Become strong. Where the insecure come and become confident. Amen? That's literally what the kingdom of God is. It's not a place where we just gather, shrug our shoulders and say, oh, oh well, this is, this is me. God, just, God, thank you. You just accept me. I can't believe you accept me. That was at the door before you walk into the kingdom. You're like, you're going to accept me, God? I'm so, you're going to accept me? God is like, yeah, come on in. As you walk through the door, you got transformed. You became strong. Amen? You became, you became, you became confident. You became pure and perfect. You became the righteousness of God. That's what the church is. And then the church, what happens is what? We, we are learning how to walk out what we've been freely given by God. Amen? Praise God. This is what God's desire is. So, everybody's a leader, right? Is everybody a leader? We're all leaders. And we lead by what? 
by knowing what God has done inside of us and by working to lift other people into, into their greatness. And what, what God is doing is he, he's, he just redefined what we think of servanthood, right? He's like, I'm a servant, guys. It's, it's actually the, the, you know, that CEO position, the servant, servant in the kingdom of God. You know, if we understood that what servant truly, truly meant, or if we, better yet, if we understood what leadership meant, then a lot of things would look different in the kingdom of God, right? You see a lot, of, a lot of issues where it's like leadership and then people are just, it doesn't look like servanthood. Kind of like, yeah, I'm a servant, but it doesn't look like it. Servanthood is greatness. It's literally greatness. Amen? And so, let's aim for perfection. Let's aim for strength, what we see in Jesus. It's not, you know, God is not, in the kingdom of God, God is not saying, oh, Jesus is here, but you guys are here one day in heaven. No, he's saying like, when you're, when, when you're on the earth, you can walk like Jesus did. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this truth. We thank you for what you are teaching us, God. And we are learning how to be servants by looking at you, God, the greatest servant. By looking at you, Jesus, the greatest servant. And we don't have to strive to be humble as if we don't have it. It's already in us. Because it's in our nature that you, that you gave us when you made us new, God. There's a scripture that says, do everything you do motivated by God's love. Every single thing that we do, we are to do it motivated by God's love. Every single thing. And one thing I realized is, God's love is the most powerful force in, in the universe. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even want to say in the universe because God is not in the universe, right? He made the universe. So it's like, but it is the most powerful force. So when you do what things that you do, when you're serving, when you do it motivated by God's love, you can't fail. Whatever it is that you do. Because God's love is the most powerful force there is. So what that means is we're supposed to, everything that we do, every word that we speak, guys. Because I know, we, you know sometimes we just say things that we're not supposed to say. We act in ways we're not supposed to act. You know what the problem is? We're not doing those things motivated by God's love. So let's take a moment all the time, every second of our, our, our lives, to, to, to ask ourselves, am I being motivated by God's love for me right now? Because God's love reminds you of your greatness. You say, oh, you're great, you're awesome. You can overcome this, oh, easily, that's nothing is difficult for you. Like, you, you get what I'm saying? So every single moment and every single task that we do, be motivated by God's love. Every single thing that we do is spiritual because we're spirits. Right? Your job, your work, your school, your friendships. To be out playing basketball, it's spiritual. Do it motivated by God's love. I'm not saying you're going to win the game, but... Same, do it motivated by God's love. 
So Holy Spirit, thank you for your love. We receive your love right now. Let's all stand up. Just stretch our hands. Just a gesture to receive. To say, God, I receive. I receive, Lord. We receive your goodness. We receive your joy over us. We receive your peace, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're so good, God. Teaching us the way, holding our hands, God. Let me tell you, sometimes, maybe some people are wondering, like, you know, you're waiting for God to do things in your life. But I want to tell you, God is waiting for you. God is waiting for you. Sometimes, just like Paul, we're saying, God, remove this thing. Are you with me? Saying, God, remove this thing. Take this thing away. And God is like, my grace is sufficient. Literally, God is pointing to something that happened in the past to deliver you from whatever you're struggling with right now. What, Je- you know what, what Jesus has done is so powerful that its, its impact is, is, is relevant right now. Jesus did at the cross what the Holy Spirit did its impact it's relevant in whatever situation you're, you're, you're in right now so God doesn't have to come down and rescue you He already rescued you are you with me? so God wants us to be like bold sons and daughters hallelujah who are resting in Him and who are not moved and shaken by the lies of the enemy by the circumstances and situations and let me tell you spiritual attacks always intensify when, you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're walking in the right direction, when, you, when you're grasping the truth, when we are grasping the truth. So right now, whatever is going on, whatever things have been kind of just coming on the left and on the right, don't even focus on those things. Just focus on God's love for you. Focus on the voice of the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you. God, we love you. Hallelujah. We speak your freedom right now in the name of Jesus over every single person. Freedom. We command confusion to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Every, every confusing thought, every, every oppressive thought in the name of Jesus. We remove it in the name of Jesus right now. Right now. Every confusing thought. We, we command it to leave and to go right now in the name of Jesus. We command sickness to leave Sickness, you are illegal in the kingdom of God. And we command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Anxiety, stress. We command you to leave right now in the name of Jesus. We have been set free. We have been set free. We are free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we will, we will allow your truth to lift us beyond these things. We, 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 we allow you, Holy Spirit. We, we, we're going to do every single thing motivated by your love. We're going to live every moment of our day motivated by your life, by your love, by the life that you've placed inside of us. It is your will for us to be lifted above measure from the circumstances of this world. And we trust you, God. Thank you for this good news, Holy Spirit. We love you, God. Glory to your name. We give 
our week to you. We give every moment of our, our, our week to you. And Holy Spirit, that we know that it is your will for us to impact people. So this, this week, Holy Spirit, lead us to people. And we know that you will. We're going to be aware. Let's be aware to see what God is saying regarding the people that we come into contact with. And let's be an expression of the truth and the kingdom of God. Amen? Thank you, Father. We thank you and we love you. You're so good, God. You're faithful. Thank you that your promises. I just want to tell you this is a word that was coming to my heart. God's promises in your life, the words that he's spoken to you, they will, they're sure and they're true and they'll come to pass. Receive that word. They're sure, they're true, and they will come to pass. Stand the course and keep enjoying him right now. Just enjoy where you are at right now. They will come to pass. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah.